SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. It's 8.23 and uh, you are with SAFM 104-107. Now, as you may have known, obviously COP27 took place a while back and we thought we would try and find out a little more about what is going on when it comes to COP27. And uh, we've got on the line Justin Smith, who's the head of business development at the WWF, the Worldwide Fund for Nature, um, just to try and get a deeper sense of what's going on. And as we move forward past COP27, what are some of the issues that WWF are going to have to engage with? Um, We do have Justin Smith on the line. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks so much. Justin, obviously COP27 is a big one for you guys, and I'm assuming that you came out of it with certain uh, outcomes for the organization as well. Yeah, Michelle, it it was disappointing on some levels because I think there wasn't much more ambition than there'd been a year ago at COP26. So there wasn't a lot of of, of inclusion of some of the key issues like the phasing out of fossil fuels, for instance, that many of the NGOs were pushing for. Yeah. And there was quite a lot of pushback from certain countries, I think, given the context of what's happening in the world at the moment around even meeting the existing commitment. So that was fairly disappointing. Um, I think on the positive side, one of the, the areas that has been pushed for for a long time is, is around loss and damages and basically yeah. trying to get a commitment from developed economies to pay for the, the impacts that developing economies are facing from a climate perspective. So for the first time, that was actually agreed to. Um, I guess the reality is, is when you actually see some funding coming through into the developing economies to try and make sure that happens, uh, but it was at least one positive step. I think from the South African perspective, though, there were some you know, real positives. Um, the president um, presented the Just Energy Transition Plan that had been announced a year before, and the, the sort of detail of, of what was required um, was put together by government and presented to the funders and to a broader range of potential funders and was really well received as quite a coherent plan. It's, it's a lot of money that's required, and we know what's been committed so far is a very small percentage of that total. But again, at least South Africa has positioned itself as having some kind of strategy, um, some kind of idea of what the key steps are you know, within the next few years. So I think that was a good thing from a country perspective. But again, we, we need to sort of see the funding coming through. And for it ideally not to be kind of loans that will impact our, our debt status, but more kind of grants, technical development, and, and, and a broader sort of balanced mix of funding as well. So, Justin, I mean, coming out of it, uh, you also have the Living Planet Report, which, of course, has revealed some rather devastating um, facts about what is going on. Talk to us a little bit about that and then how one starts to join all the dots. As you say, potentially there is this money that may come forward. Uh, let's talk about what that what could come out of that? Michelle, you spot on the Living Planet Report really looks at biodiversity or nature loss across the world and measures species populations on 32,000 different indicator points across the world over the last 50 years. And it's unfortunately a very, very depressing picture in that we've lost almost 70% of, of biodiversity in the last 50 years. And I think our message as WWF is that climate and biodiversity are these two incredibly big interconnected issues. So you really can't address one without thinking about the other. Um, you know, the more climate impacts we see, if we don't have a resilient ecosystem to try and buffer some of that, it just means we're going to have worse and worse extreme events with bigger and more negative impacts as well. 
So we really want to see, and it's, it has started to happen, the sort of integration of the two issues in, in policy, in government commitments, in business commitments as well. And we're actually seeing the sort of two COPs, the, the climate COP, which has just happened, and now yeah. we have the biodiversity COP, the Convention of Biological Diversity COP in Canada now in December, where the hope is that there will also be a global agreement to, to really look at protecting a significant part of our natural world, both on land and in the marine environments as well, so that we do have some kind of, of, kind of buffer in terms of, of restoration and recovery of ecosystems. We do talk, as you mentioned earlier, the Loss and Damage Fund. I mean, it, it is considered the Loss and Damage Fund for vulnerable countries. I mean, I'm thinking just of Pakistan and the horrific floods that they've had a while back. Are we going to see South Africa included in that fund? I think it's fairly unlikely because we unfortunately have had quite a contribution to to climate emissions because of our kind of coal-powered system that we've had in South Africa for so long. So, you know, our, our just transition funding package is something slightly separate and probably where the main focus will be, yeah. whereas the, the sort of most vulnerable countries are often sort of small island states that are, are really going to be impacted by sea level rise. Some of the African countries that are, you know, likely to have more extreme droughts really leading to more concerns around food security. So I think there's going to be a slight separation of that. Yeah. But we know Africa as a continent, you know, beyond ourselves has, has had very little of the, the blame but is getting a lot of the impact. So hopefully there'll be a lot more support for the rest of the continent in, in trying to deal with and adapt to climate change issues. Fantastic. Justin, if we look at uh, the way forward, uh, obviously there's short term and long term. Big term is your, uh, your, your broader strategy and short term are your operations. Let's look at a short term over the next year. What's going to happen for you guys? So we're really working a lot with the business community to try and help understand what these big global agreements mean for them yeah. and to encourage them to put very clear commitments in place around their own operations and value chains. And not just, you know, we're going to do something by 2050, but actually some clear steps in the short, medium and long term as well so that they can be held accountable because we know, you know, some of the multinationals have a bigger kind of economic impact than the GDP of many countries. So shifting their, their kind of policy and their position is, is really critical in getting momentum into the whole system. So we will continue to focus in that space, yeah. but also to really help governments in terms of, of, of support and implementation of some of the, the programs around issues like water, sustainable agriculture, um, protected area expansion and marine protected area expansion, because in South Africa has such unique biological assets, we really do need to protect them um, for the future of our country from an economic and tourism perspective and from uh, the reliance we have on nature. Fantastic, Justin. Uh, we will follow what you are doing with interest and we wish you the best of luck for 2023, which seems that now it is no longer time to say this would be a fabulous nice to have, but it is a must have as well. So that's Justin Smith, Head of Business Development at the WWF, which is the Worldwide Fund for Nature post-COP27.